Good evening. Thanks for joining us. I'm Colleen Christie. Sonia is off tonight. A warning from Vancouver police tonight after two sexual assaults that may be linked. In both cases, the women got off transit in East Vancouver neighborhoods and were attacked by a man wearing a medical mask. Jill Bennett has our top story. Last Wednesday, police say a young woman was groped after she left the Nanaimo Street Skytrain station around 9 p.m. She walked south on Nanaimo for about five blocks before a man grabbed her from behind and assaulted her. There was another attack on October 29th. A woman was assaulted after leaving a transit bus near Victoria Drive and East 64th. While the attacks took place several blocks apart, the suspect description in both cases is similar. An Asian man, 20 to 30 years old, about 5 foot 8, wearing a medical mask. Oh my God, it's terrible. For women who rely on transit, news of the attacks is disturbing, but not overly surprising. I think as a woman, you're always kind of aware and like concerned for your own safety. It's kind of built into our system that this is normal, but it's actually kind of sick. Others say they already take precautions, especially when walking alone at night. I try to like not listen to music and stuff like that and try to keep vigilant. Just like have my phone on me at all times kind of thing, just just to be like be safe, make sure it's always charged. Oh, for me, I just go with like lots of people, not by myself. Police haven't confirmed the two attacks are related, but they are warning the public about the similarities and that the same man could be responsible. Sex crime investigators want to speak with anyone who has information about the assaults. Jill Bennett, Global News. Police in Delta are looking for some firebugs. Over the course of nearly two hours early this morning, three separate fires broke out in North Delta, causing damage to vehicles, a home, and traumatizing a family. Paul Johnson reports. This is bull****, man. How would you feel if this was your house and your car on fire? Jason Hansen described how he reacted to the fireball in his carport last night and how his kids feel today. They're really, really scared. They're terrified. They think that the person's going to come back. Hansen's home was one of three locations hit by arsonists in North Delta last night. One was a sign at a public building. But three vehicles were also torched, including the Hyundai Sonata in Hansen's carport. That burned as his kids slept just a few meters away. Fortunately, in all of these situations, there were no injuries, but there is substantial property damage. Delta police have made no arrests as of Saturday night and are urging people to keep outdoor lights on and report strangers in their neighborhoods. They have no reason to believe the fires were targeted and have a stern warning for the arsonists who set them. These situations have reached far past just straight vandalism. They are putting people's lives at risk. A security camera from across the street captured this image of figures moving in the street just after the last fire. Were these the arsonists? If so, Jason Hansen has a message for them. It almost killed the family. Paul Johnson, Global News. A disturbing reminder today that security guards often face violence. A guard was attacked today at noon when he confronted a suspected shoplifter at a Delta Walmart on 120th Street. He was stabbed in the arm and treated by paramedics. The suspect ran, but police later spotted him down the street. A homeless man in his 20s was arrested without further incident. Police are recommending charges of robbery and breach of conditions. 
Tens of thousands are expected to gather in Abbotsford tomorrow for the celebration of life of Constable John Davidson. Jeff Hastings joins us now with more. And Jeff, tonight we're already seeing a tribute to the fallen officer. That's right, Colleen. Since he fell, there have been many public tributes to Constable John Davidson. Acknowledgements of the sacrifice that he made to protect the public from a man with a gun. Tomorrow, he'll be laid to rest. Tonight, the Lower Mainland is glowing blue in his honour. I'd like to show you Canada Place in Vancouver. The giant sails blue right now. So, too, is Vancouver City Hall. You'll recall the hundreds of people standing outside as Constable Davidson was taken from Vancouver General Hospital back to Abbotsford last week. He's still in their thoughts. BC Place lit for Constable Davidson, as is Science World. Tomorrow morning, the highway to Abbotsford will be busy. Blue uniformed police officers from around the Lower Mainland heading to the Fraser Valley for what will be an enormous memorial. Now, that service will start with a procession of uniformed personnel at 11.30 in the morning. It starts on McCallum Road and makes its way south to the Abbotsford Centre. A celebration of life will be held at the arena starting at 1 o'clock. Thousands of first responders are expected to be on hand, some travelling great distances from other countries. And the public response is anticipated to be huge. A third overflow site has been added, Colleen. The Abbotsford Canadian Reformed Church is the new site, along with the Envision Athletic Centre, that's at the University of the Fraser Valley, and Central Heights Church. We will have the entire procession and ceremony live tomorrow starting at 11.30 a.m. here on Global BC. It'll be on BC One, online at globalnews.ca, and on the radio on CKNW. Abbotsford Police Chief Bob Rich told us the day after Constable Davidson died that we honor John by looking after this community. Tomorrow, his community looks after him and his family. Colleen? All right. Thanks so much for that, Jeff. It's going to be a sad day, but uh, for anybody heading outside here on the south coast tomorrow, should be also be prepared for some pretty bad weather. A lot of rain is expected. Meteorologist Yvonne Schall is here with the details. And Yvonne, how much rain are you expecting? A significant amount, and it's all courtesy of a system that's just working its way in. A strong frontal system sliding across the south coast, and we'll start to see the rain developing as early as this evening, very heavy overnight, and continuing in to see it in towards the early afternoon hour. Most areas, so the rainfall warning is in effect across Metro Vancouver, a range between 50. A few spots inland and along the North Shore Mountains, that's where we can see the higher amounts between 70 and up to 90 millimeters. So a significant amount pushing in as early as this evening. We also have wind warnings, a snowfall warning if you're heading along the Sea to Sky. I'll have those amounts and the timing coming up shortly. Colleen? All right, Yvonne, thank you. The search for four missing women in the North Okanagan shoe swap took to the skies today. For the very first time, a group of volunteers used a drone to scour an area near Salmon Arm where some of the women disappeared. It comes almost a month after the body of 18-year-old Tracy Jenner was discovered on a nearby farm. The search for missing women in the North Okanagan is being taken to new heights. This army of search volunteers enlisting the help of a professional drone operator to search from the sky. We're looking for any evidence, so we've got a list of uh, lost articles of clothing, that sort of stuff, any sort of thing that doesn't seem to fit out here, vehicle tracks. The volunteers given permission for the aerial search by the owners of this private property near Yankee Flats Road and Watson Road. It's close to the farm where Tracy Genero's remains were discovered on October 21st. Our property borders onto the property that borders onto the place that they were searching and we just want to help them in any way we can for the parents and the families of the daughters who are missing. Community member Jody Leon has organized multiple search efforts. 
So two women there that were missing and still continue to be missing, and on this side, a body recovery. It's the first time they've used a drone. And we know that, you know, when the when the RCMP were out here, you know, with the remains of Tracy General, that there was a lot of, you know, uh, snow on the ground at that point. That snow was basically melted away, so we feel that this is a really optimal time to come in and try to see if there's anything, you know, that might have been missed. Jane and Dennis Oberte, the parents of missing woman Nicole Bell, are here searching the Silver Creek area for the first time since their daughter's disappearance. She was last seen September 2nd in Sycamus, one of four women still missing from the North Okanagan Shushwap since early last year. Those missing women also include Caitlin Potts, Ashley Simpson, and Deanna Wirtz. The families still need to find out where those women are. And so we still need to continue to raise awareness, you know, and to continue to look for them. Shelby Tom, Global News, near Salmon Arm. The mother of three children killed by their father, Alan Schoenborn, says she'll live in constant fear now that he's been granted escorted leave. The BC Review Board made the decision late Friday afternoon. Schoenborn was found not criminally responsible for killing his three children in their home in Merritt nine years ago. Since 2010, he's been living in a psychiatric hospital in Coquitlam, the same community where his ex-wife Darcy Clark lives. Family did ask um, for um, uh, notification. So if he is out in the community to be notified, and the BC Review Board refused that. So really what the concern here is, is yes, getting out, but the concern is also for the family running into him in the community, and all they wanted was notification, and they can't have it. It is astounding to note that the mother of the children that this man killed uh, will live in fear now. Uh, she had a measure of safety for a very small time, and now she is living in fear again. The B.C. Coroner Service is launching an inquest into the police-involved shooting of Tony Dew. A Vancouver police officer shot and killed Dew at the intersection of Knight Street and 41st Avenue in November of 2014. The 51-year-old, who was diagnosed schizophrenic, was brandishing a 2 by 4 as he was walking along the street. The police officer who shot him said he feared for the life of another officer and has not been charged. The inquest is set to begin in February. Two crashes overnight shut down a section of Highway 91 into and out of Richmond for most of the morning. Police say the driver of a pickup truck heading west lost control and hit the concrete barrier at about 2 o'clock this morning. That caused some blocks from the barrier to land in the eastbound lane. Another vehicle hit those loose barriers and flipped. A 21-year-old woman was taken to hospital with serious but non-life-threatening injuries. The driver of the pickup left the scene but was later tracked down by police. His injuries are said to be minor. Fire closed the street in front of an apartment building in the downtown east side this morning. More than 30 firefighters responded to the fire on the eighth floor of the suite in the Lux Apartments at East Hastings in Columbia. The fire was contained to the unit. No one was hurt, but one resident was forced out due to damage. The investigator is up there at this time assessing the damage. Uh, certainly the suite involved, uh, the contents uh, were, were damaged. Uh, uh, there is no uh, uh, mass structural damage within this suite as it's a concrete building. And another fire to tell you about. Find out what happened when smoke started pouring into the cab of this Jeep in North Vancouver with a man and three children inside. That story's next. And a bump on the road to home ownership. Why you're being warned about a rent-to-own scam as Global News at 6 continues.
Some startling video tonight of a gas station robbery in Penticton that was all caught on camera. At about 10 o'clock this morning, a woman in a pink sweatshirt approaches the cashier at a Husky station on Skaha Lake Road. She unzips her purse and pulls out an item, striking the counter where the lottery tickets are. The woman steals several tickets before a verbal exchange with the employee. It leads to the suspect striking the cashier before... Stabbing a computer screen, you can see several times, and knocking it over. The owner of the gas station posted on social media to say that worker is shaken up, but otherwise okay. Goodness. Oh, with interest rates expected to climb, it is becoming harder to qualify for a mortgage in our red-hot housing market. Rent-to-own deals are becoming a popular option, but a Vancouver lawyer who used to be a realtor is sounding the alarm about the agreements. A Maple Ridge couple lost their home after entering into such a deal, and now there are fears they're not the only ones. Julia Foy reports. Brenda and Gord Gartley get a warm welcome as they visit the street where they used to live. They've been homeless for over a month after a dispute over a rent-to-own agreement with realtor Kevin Bratch led them to be evicted and lose ownership of their home. I still want to come back. It's my home. It's our home. It's our retirement. This week, the Real Estate Council of BC suspended Bratch's license while an investigation into multiple allegations of predatory lending is completed. The council's aware of at least two incidents, incidences where this type of transaction may have occurred and is investigating several other transactions. The Real Estate Council goes on to say, notably, the purchase and sale of the five other properties between November 2015 and October 2017 collectively suggest a gross profit of at least $759,000. Lawyer Michael Gerlard used to be a real estate agent. He says rent-to-own agreements aren't new, but he's concerned that people wishing to get into Metro Vancouver's red-hot real estate market could take some big risks. With the new legislation coming in that requires CMHC insured mortgages to be stress test, there is a concern that these types of agreements will become more popular because it is more difficult now than it was before to qualify for a CMHC insured mortgage. Drew Lard says rent-to-own agreements tend to target tenants with poor credit. His advice is to put your money away every month in a bank instead of a landlord's pocket. You're not under a contract requiring you to buy a property or else you forfeit all of your savings. You just have a very nicely built up RSP or TSFA that will allow you to um, consider your options down the road. The Gartleys have to wait until February to go before a judge and fight for the right to get their house back. But they try to keep their spirits up. We just hope we can just move forward and then back to our home. Julia Foy, Global News. So sad. A Jeep caught fire not far from the Lionsgate Bridge on Friday. The driver pulled over when black smoke filled his vehicle. Have a look at this. These photos sent in by global viewer Donnie McKenzie, who helped make sure the man and his three children got out of the Jeep safely. It happened at about four in the afternoon, just east of Taylor Way and Marine, in the southbound lanes leading to the Lionsgate Bridge deck. Traffic was tied up for hours. The driver of the Jeep said he heard a bang and smoke started pouring through the dash. Flames engulfed the vehicle moments later. A couple of people stopped to help. No one was hurt, and the fire was put out a short time later. Knowing the delays were likely pretty frustrating for other drivers, the driver of the Jeep later tweeted that he was sorry for holding anyone up. Nice guy. 
Mad Canada today launched its annual Project Red Ribbon campaign promoting sober driving during the holiday season. For the past 30 years, the campaign's iconic red ribbon has served as a reminder of the importance of driving sober, while at the same time paying tribute to the lives lost in impaired driving accidents. Something like this can help save a life. Making the right choice to try and pick a sober ride home, uh, making sure that you're getting home safe, to, even if it's just for your family and not the other motorists on the road, it's, it's, it's huge, it's important, yeah. There's been a lot of hard work that's gone into this through volunteers, community, first responders. Uh, there has been a significant decrease and we hope for the numbers to kind of diminish to zero. That's kind of our goal and when that happens we don't really need to be there, which is again the bigger picture is, is eliminating the impaired driving. I hope people are starting to learn that lesson. Mm -hmm. They still aren't putting their phones down, but, you know, drinking and driving hopefully is coming down. Um, welcome, Yvonne, Barry. Nice uh, to have you. Welcome. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> thank you very much. Welcome to the show. Nice to be here. Uh, it's going to be wet tomorrow. Yes, wet and for a few spots also very windy. That'll be along the eastern sections of the island, right along the Sunshine Coast. We could see some of those winds gusting up to 70 kilometers per hour. Also, if you're heading along the Sea to Sky, I wanted to show you the tower cam. Um, this is from Drive BC, where we do have a snowfall warning that is in effect. Anywhere between 15 and over 20 centimeters of snowfall expected this evening and this will take us in towards our Sunday morning. So winter driving conditions and for many of the mountain passes I'll have more on that. We do have snow for the northern half of the province and snowfall warnings so a blustery day for many areas I'll break it down very shortly. Wow, it has begun. Alright, mm -hmm. thanks Yvonne. Barry, what's coming up in sports? Well, Canucks are uh, home tonight against St. Louis. Actually, the Canucks' best work this year probably has been on the road. Just three home wins so we'll uh, tee it up tonight. There's some lineup changes after uh, losing to Vegas the other night. Lots of afternoon uh, hockey action featuring Canadian teams. You have highlights of that and another busy uh, soccer day in England. Plenty of goals to show you there. So awesome. All coming up. All right. Thank you. When we come back, a controversy about to reach a tipping point. This hateful rhetoric and abuses of power are perversions of Christianity. Ah, but not everyone agrees how sexual assault allegations are dividing a community and a nation. And 70s teen heartthrob David Cassidy is admitted to hospital with organ failure. His only hope, a liver transplant. Those stories next. It's an election where the outcome may determine more than just who wins a Senate seat. The race involving Republican candidate Roy Moore, who's accused of sexual assault, is drawing lines within his own party and even his constituency. In the Alabama Senate race, even religious leaders are picking sides. Days after a group of pastors rallied in support of Republican nominee Roy Moore. We ask to be continually transformed in and by and through that holiness. Another group of pastors called on him to drop out. He is an extremist Christian whose hateful rhetoric, harmful policies and abuses of power are perversions of Christianity. Yes, make it plain now. Now to watch the news, if you lived outside the state, you might think that the extremist voice of Roy Moore represents the only voice of Christianity in Alabama. But we know better. In the past nine days, at least nine women have made accusations against Moore, claiming inappropriate behavior decades ago, ranging from unwanted romantic pursuit of teenagers to sexual assault. Moore denies it all and questions the timing and motivations of the women who have come forward. Even after all the attacks against me, against my family, against the foundation, and now against my husband, 
He will not step down. While a Fox News poll this week showed Democrat Doug Jones surging to an eight-point lead, the support of Moore's ardent backers is unwavering. Doug Jones is going to vote wrong and Roy Moore is going to vote right. We need to make sure that we keep the big picture in our minds as we vote on December the 12th. And the big picture is who's going to do the right things in Washington, D.C. for our country and who's going to do the wrong things. I can't vote for Roy Moore. This week, Jones, the Democrat, launched an ad featuring Republicans who support him. But he's mostly avoided talking about the controversy engulfing his opponent. There's a new dynamic in the, in the race now, but I think it's a bigger dynamic than just Roy Moore. Sources tell NBC News Jones has raised about $250,000 a day since the allegations against Moore broke. It's a statewide race with big national implications. Chris Pallone, NBC News, New York. A manhunt is underway in Pennsylvania to find the shooter who killed a police officer. Officer Brian Shaw died last night in the line of duty during a routine traffic stop. It's believed the 25-year-old patrolman was shot while pursuing a suspect on foot, but few details are known about the event. A $40,000 reward is being offered for information, and the FBI is now helping local authorities search for the suspect. I appreciate all the sympathy. We've had a lot of people reach out to, to the department here. Um, there's a lot of, of heavy hearts, and they're going through a, a, a tough process, but yet staying very focused on their job, which is to continue this investigation, find the person that killed Officer Shaw, and bring him to justice. Across Zimbabwe today, thousands of demonstrators celebrated the imminent political demise of President Mugabe. Mugabe and his wife are under military house arrest. His power stripped in a bloodless coup. Mugabe's 37-year-old, 37-year-long rule has been controversial, many calling him a dictator, blaming him for the deaths of thousands of people and widespread corruption. In Surrey, some members of the Zimbabwean community gathered at City Hall today in support of protesters. On behalf of every Zimbabwean citizen, I'm going to echo every Zimbabwean concern, even friends of Zimbabwe. We want a change in leadership. And when we say change, we want positive change. Change that brings employment, change that brings stability, change that brings development to the country. So everybody wants change. We want this president to go. Another incident for the U.S. Navy off the coast of Japan. Today, a U.S. destroyer collided with a Japanese tugboat during a training exercise. The U.S. Navy says no one was hurt and damage is minimal. Guided missile destroyer USS Benefold sustained scrapes on its side after it lost propulsion and drifted into the path of another ship. This year alone, there have been two fatal accidents in Asian waters for the Seventh Fleet. And the collisions prompting dismissals of Navy commanders and a large-scale investigation. Former teen idol David Cassidy has been hospitalized with organ failure. The 67-year-old is conscious and surrounded by family in his Florida hospital room. His publicist says that he was admitted Wednesday and is awaiting a liver transplant. Last year, Cassidy revealed he was battling dementia and announced he would be stepping down from performing. The entertainer has also spoken out throughout his career about his battle with alcohol. One of the founding members of legendary hard rock band ACDC has died. News, news, 
Guitarist Malcolm Young died this morning at the age of 64. He started the band with his younger brother, Angus, in Australia in 1973 and stayed with him until 2014 when he was forced to retire from music due to onset of dementia. In a statement today, the group called him its driving force and praised his dedication to the music and his fans. Well, if you have a desk job, you may not be surprised at the results of a new survey. Office workers say they want to sit less and walk more. Researchers in Germany surveyed more than 600 employees who have desk-based jobs. They spent nearly three-quarters of their workday sitting but wanted to be more active. They said they wanted to spend an additional half-hour standing and 45 minutes walking. It's hoped the findings will encourage companies to offer more opportunities for workers to, well, get out of their seats. Still to come, we meet a local man who accomplished an extreme challenge for a cause he wants more of us to be aware of. But first... More than 50 dogs, most of them puppies, are discovered neglected and abused. What a rescue group in Alberta is now doing to right this wrong. This Global News at 6 continues. Brian activity off the Participation 150 playlist. Downhill skiing. Sign up online. See how many activities you can check off the list. An out-of-this-world sight lit up the night in northern Finland. Have a look. A meteorite was captured on camera as it entered the Earth's atmosphere. Although it only lasted about five seconds, scientists say it glowed with the light of 100 full moons and could be seen as far away as Norway and Russia. Many reported hearing an explosion as it burned up. A hunt is now underway to find out uh, if any of it landed so that it can be studied. That's kind of cool, Yvonne. Spectacular. We're not, we're not expecting... <laughs> rocks to be falling from the sky tomorrow though no but we're expecting a significant amount of rain so be prepared we are going to see that rain developing heavy at times you'll need the umbrella and you'll have to hang on to it as well because the winds are going to ramp up for the afternoon hours here's a great shot this evening overlooking bc place and science world in the background we're currently sitting at eight degrees it's dry out of the airport right now with a light northeasterly wind at nine kilometers per hour high today was at 10 so we're still around the average for this time of the year that sits at eight and record on this day. 15 degrees is set all the way back in 1995. A few other spots across the province today. Victoria climbing up to 9 degrees. 8 for areas near Kelowna. It's been chilly for the northeastern corners of the province. There is the risk of frost overnight and for tomorrow. Today only climbing up to minus 11 and areas near Prince Rupert today with highs of 6 degrees. We are already starting to see some moisture pushing in right along the island. It's going to work its way in across Metro Vancouver over the next few hours and very heavy overnight and in towards our, sun, our Sunday morning. We are tracking some snowfall and several warnings are in effect. The following areas in white is where we're seeing the snowfall warning. Inland sections for the northern half of the province, 25 and up to 30 centimeters. The wind warning that is in effect is for the areas that are indicated in purple and we could see up to 70 kilometers per hour, the Sunshine Coast included within that. Metro Vancouver range between 15 up to 90 millimeters with higher amounts closer to the North Shore Mountains and for for Whistler, if you're heading along the sea to sky, 15 and up to 25 centimeters of snowfall falling overnight and taking us in towards our morning hours. Once again, a look at some of the numbers that we're anticipating. This is one of the models, uh, inland sections for the island, seeing some of the higher amounts and also for areas near Howe Sound where Squamish could see over 100 millimeters of rainfall. 
The piece with the wind chill tomorrow feeling closer to minus 28, some flurries and the risk of frostbite. Also very chilly for areas near Whitehorse, minus 20 with the wind chill feeling like minus 31. Coastal sections will stay as rain. Inland, a significant amount of snowfall between 20 and 30 centimeters for most areas. Caribou and central interior, we will see the winds pick up tomorrow southerly with gusts of up to 60 kilometers per hour. Much of the Columbia and Kootenai region is falling as rain, but higher elevations We're looking at snowfall throughout the day tomorrow. If you're heading along, any of the mountain passes are range between 5 and up to 15 centimetres of snowfall. Thompson, Okanagan, the wind southerly tomorrow with gusts of up to 50 kilometres per hour. Whistler, the snow is going to change over to rain for many areas into the valley, but its higher elevations will still be seeing snowfall with temperatures close to the freezing mark tomorrow. Wet and windy across the island, especially for eastern sections and along the Sunshine Coast, and a significant amount of rain will be across the northern sections of the island tomorrow. Metro Vancouver, we're dipping down to seven overnight, nine as the high. The rain develops heavy at times this evening. We'll see it throughout the day and then tapering off by the evening hours for tomorrow. Nice clearing and a reprieve is on the way and that looks to be for a Monday, Colleen, but then we'll see another round of rain pushing in on Tuesday. All right, we have something to look forward to. (laughs) Thanks, Yvonne. Dozens of puppies and dogs have been discovered in a rural property in northern Alberta, neglected and mistreated. As Global's Tony Tai reports, the Alberta Rescue Crew Society is now working hard to nurse the animals back to health. These are two of 48 puppies and adult dogs found on a rural property north of High Level. After a call from a concerned citizen, volunteers from the Alberta Animal Rescue Crew Society drove 10 hours and found the dogs scavenging for food at a dump. They were um, very dehydrated and a number of them were emaciated and we did bring in a mom with a litter of 12 puppies um, that were only a few days old and fortunately one didn't make it by the time we got there it had froze unfortunately but the other 11 are doing well and are in a foster home. The problem was a number of unspayed female dogs that had large litters at one time. Many of the dogs were surrendered by the owners who were overwhelmed. It was a, a number of different homes. It wasn't just one home. Um, so it was just an area that has very little veterinary services and very little animal services. Um, so they just really reached out uh, in need of help knowing that these animals need to come in from the cold. Vet staff with ARCS have examined the puppies and they've been vaccinated and dewormed. When they're old enough, they'll be spayed and neutered and go up for adoption. Since the cold weather hit at the beginning of November, ARCS has been getting more calls for help and has taken in 124 dogs for care. Tony Tai, Global News. Oh, so cute. Coming up next, more problems for the Oilers. Another loss this afternoon. Barry's up next with all your sports. Stay with us. The officer who gave his life is a hero gathering to honor and pay last respects to police officer constable john davidson special coverage on global news and cknw begins sunday morning at 11 30 you're watching global news hour at six Barry's back. Canucks lacing it up at home tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just uh, quickly. They were out in the road, came back for two quick ones counting tonight, and then uh, back out again. So. Mm. 
Got to make hay at home usually mm -hmm. to make uh, the playoffs. We'll see. All right, thanks, Colleen. The uh, Canucks have played some of their most impressive games this season on home ice. Wins over the Caps and Pens come to mind, but they are just 3-5-2 and two at Rogers Arena so far, and it won't get any easier tonight with the conference-leading St. Louis Blues in town. Anders Nilsson gets the start in goal. Jake Vertanen draws back into the lineup after sitting the last three. Chris Tanev and Troy Stetcher won't play, but Travis Green said both are close and will travel with the team on their six-game road trip next week. NHL today, Oilers at Dallas. It's been a struggle for Edmonton, one of the preseason favorites to make a cup run. They're near the bottom of the standings, but Connor McDavid got them back into the game, setting up Drake Kajula to make it 2-1. That was shorthanded. And then 52 seconds later, on the power play, McDavid gets two cracks at it, scores his Tenth of the year to tie it 2-2 after one. And then on the opening shift of the second, McDavid back to Darnell Nurse. His shot stopped, but Kajula bangs in the juicy rebound past Kari Letton and 3-2 Oilers. McDavid had three points, but it was all Dallas after that. They tied it, then took the lead. Roddick Foxa with the nifty deke on Cam Talbot. Four three-stars after two. And then in the third, Dan Hamhu's point shot pinballs right onto the stick of Jamie Benn who gets his 11th, Stars beat the Oilers 6-3. Edmonton with just 16 points at the 20-game mark, third least in the NHL. Flames on the road in Philly going old school with the wardrobe. Fine-looking hats on the Flames today. First period, down 1-0. Johnny Gaudreau on the breakaway. Snaps it past a former teammate Brian Elliott. Three more points today for Gaudreau. Third in league scoring with 29, trailing only Stamkos and Kucharov. Second period, 3-1 Philly. But then Sean Monahan gets busy. First on the deflection to make it 3-2. Then on a rebound here of the uh, Gaudreau shot, ties it 3-3. Second overall pick from the 2017 draft, Nolan Patrick showing some good poise in tight. Backhander over Mike Smith gives Philly the lead back, but on another power play, it's another Sean Monahan goal. Scores the hat trick in the second period. He's got 11 on the season, 4-4 after two. Stays that way into overtime, and then Michael Backlund, beautiful saucer pass to Michael Froelich for the Game winner, Flames win 5-4 in overtime. Calgary jumps two points up on the Canucks. Jets and Devils, Winnipeg with the second-best record in the Western Conference. And they're a good young team. Nick Ehlers, another great player, rips the wrister from the slot, deflected in by Patrick Lyonnais. His 10th made it 2-1 Jets. 35 seconds later, Mark Scheifele and Kyle Connor, another fine young player, combined to set up Jacob Truba who will snap it past Corey Schneider. 3-1 Jets in just a minute after that. Matthew Perot to Matt Hendricks for the one-timer. Three goals in 95 seconds for the Jets, who win again 5-2, now just a point behind the conference-leading Blues. Coyotes and Senators from Ottawa, second period, tied 1-1. And it'll be Mark Borowiecki with a rare goal. 2-1 sends in front, but the Coyotes tied it. To force overtime, and then in OT, Anthony Declare scores his hat-trick goal, just squeezes it through Mike Condon. Declare got all three for the Coyotes, who win back-to-back -back games for the first time this season, 3-2 over Ottawa. And Leafs and Habs, Austin Matthews back in the lineup after missing four games with an upper body injury. The Leafs won all four. Second period up 1-0, Nazem Kadri down the left wing. Fires it short side past Charlie Lindgren. Still no sign of Carey Price coming back. Tenth for Kadri, made it 2-0, and then a pretty one here. Mitch Marner to Austin Matthews. 5-0 Leafs, and that's where they stand very late in the third period.
still to come. Chanel tees up the Seahawks Monday nighter against Atlanta. And Manchester City continues to dominate another victory on an EPL Saturday when we come back. Welcome back. If the Seahawks are going to make a Super Bowl run, they're going to have to do it without two of their key defensive leaders. Richard Sherman ruptured his Achilles nine days ago in Arizona. And now reports say safety Cam Chancellor is likely out for the season as well with a neck injury. That puts even more pressure on Russell Wilson, who has to lead the way starting Monday against the Atlanta Falcons. It's a battle of the birds in Seattle as the Falcons roll into CenturyLink on Monday night. The Seattle Seahawks dealing with some big-time injuries right now. Seven players did not finish the game last week in Arizona, but that's not the only problem with this team right now. Flags continue to plague this team. Last week, 12 versus the Cardinals. The week before, 16 versus Washington. Right now, Seattle leads the NFL with 94 40 coming from the offense. The Hawks have committed double-digit penalties in four straight games, which won't cut it against elite competition. The loss of Richard Sherman is huge. Since 2011, he ranks number one in passer rating allowed and leads the NFL with 32 interceptions. Those numbers show how important he is, now making the secondary very vulnerable. Despite being banged up, the run defense has been stout the last two weeks, allowing just 85 total yards, but the run game still struggling as a Seahawk has yet to run for 100 yards in a game this season. Seattle is a three-point favorite, but has covered just three times in the last 10 games. Adrian Claiborne comes in off a monster game, six sacks versus the Cowboys. And with the Seahawks O-line dealing with some injuries, Russell Wilson could be under attack. Now the Falcons have 26 quarterback takedowns, tied for seventh most. Atlanta is number six when it comes to defending the pass, but face a quarterback who is now second in the NFL in passing and has thrown 11 touchdowns in the last four games. Offensively, Matt Ryan has played well versus Seattle, 14 touchdowns in six games. And with the Seahawks secondary not 100%, Julio Jones could take advantage with the deep ball. Seattle is number 12 against the pass. This program is brought to you by Mr. Lube, Canada's number one quick lube, now offering same-day tire services. No appointment needed. By the way, that was Chanel in the red zone. Uh, U Sports, Calgary Laval in the national semi from Calgary. Dinos coming off that thrilling last play win over UBC last week. Got this touchdown run from uh, Jeshwin Antwi to take a 17-10 lead at the half. But Laval got a huge play on special teams in the fourth quarter. Gabrielle Ouellette with the 42-yard fumble return for the TD. Laval win 35-23. They'll meet Western in the Vanier Cup. Western won its semifinal 81-3 over Acadia. I think Western is the favorite. English Premiership, Kevin De Bruyne and Manchester City taking on Leicester City. Man City, 10 wins and a draw through 11 matches. Just before the half is out, De Bruyne and Raheem Sterling. Beautiful teamwork here to set up Gabriel De Jesus. Easy tap-in, 1-0 City at the half. Early second half, another stellar play from City. De Bruyne, one touch and then thumps it. 
into the top of the net. City look unstoppable right now. They swat aside Leicester 2-0, top of the table, 34 points in 12 matches. Manchester United trying to keep pace, just two losses and two draws against uh, eight wins. Paul Pogba all over the pitch today. Crosses it in for Anthony Martial, who heads it in. 1-1 tie versus Newcastle before the half is out. Ashley Young working it from outside. Deep cross in for Chris Smalling, who powers the header inside the post. 2-1 United at the half, and then more in the second half. Romelu Lukaku to Marcus Rashford, who will nod it over to Pogba, who will finish 4-1 the final. Man United now solo second, but still eight big points back of Man City. West Brom hosting Chelsea. Blues were just too much for their hosts. Already up 1-0, Cesc Fabregas through to Marata. Back heel to Eden Hazard. Cooley walks around the keeper, slots it in for the first of two, and then the 37th, Marcos Alonso with the header. 4-0 the final as Chelsea goes to third, a point behind Man United. Arsenal and Tottenham. Spurs beginning the day in second, but the Gunners' free kick executed perfectly. Shkadron Mustafi. Getting up on it, finding the corner, posting in, 1-0 Arsenal. And then minutes later, Alexandre Lacazette making a run down the right flank. Alexis Sanchez to the roof of the net. Arsenal win 2-0. They are now sixth. Spurs drop to fourth with the loss. And Liverpool and Southampton first half. Southampton turns it over in a bad spot. And Mohamed Salah makes them pay, curls the left footer into the corner and it's 1-0 for the Reds. 10 minutes later, Salah's going to score again. Plenty enough for Liverpool who uh, win easily over Southampton 3-0 the final. Check out some winter sports. Luge World Cup opener went today in Austria. Canada's Alex Goff always seems to find her way onto the podium. Should be an Olympic medal threat in Korea come February. Will be her fourth trip to the Games. Threw down some solid runs Today in Austria, fourth fastest in both, so just missed the podium. A fourth place for her today. Three medals in bobsleigh yesterday for Canada. Third round of the uh, CME Group Tour Championship from Florida. Final tournament of the LPGA season. Michelle Wee made a big move today. Six under 66, tied for the lead at 10 under. Lexi Thompson leads the uh, CME Globe standings. She's just a shot back at 9-under thanks to this nice approach on 18. If she holds her place, she'll win the title. Canada's Brooke Henderson, four off the lead in the tournament, needs to win the tournament to take the CME Globe. So she's going to have to go low tomorrow. There you go. Go low. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thanks, Bear. Uh, When we come back, a local man who conquers a mountain in an effort to save lives. Stay with us for that. It's uplifting. A Vancouver man is marking a mountain of a milestone, you might say, by doing something over and over and over that many of us couldn't even do once. You doing, Trav? Travis Streb has been climbing up and down Mount Seymour on his bike since January of this year. Today, the 33-year-old reached his goal of 1 million vertical feet for pancreatic cancer. The challenge is the equivalent of riding up the mountain once a day for an entire year. The avid cyclist is a regular participant in the Cypress Challenge, and to mark its 10th anniversary, he wanted to go all out for the cause. Streb exceeded his fundraising goal of $10,000 for pancreatic cancer research and awareness. It has just been relentless, the challenge. Um, but what I've found is just consistency. So riding up every day, 
a little bit before work, a little bit after work, and uh, it's happened. It came together, and here we are, like six weeks early, right? So I feel like there's a huge weight off my shoulders, <laughs> to be honest. It's, uh, it just feels amazing to be done and to be able to put my efforts now for the rest of the year towards fundraising and not having to ride my bike up the mountain every day. <laughs> Excuse, no more riding, know, just y'all. downhill from now on. <laughs> Thank goodness he sounds like a normal guy because yeah. that didn't look like a lot of fun. <laughs> That's Global News at 6. I hope you'll be back here for Global News at 11. See you then.